Hello everybody and welcome back to the first episode of the World Cup edition season series of the Two Footed Tackle Podcast. I'm your host, Aris Matakos, and it's here. It is here. The World Cup is upon us. I'm recording this on the 14th of November um, 2022, uh, which means in a week's time from when I recorded this, uh, the Ecuador versus Qatar game would have kicked off, or marking the commencement of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. I am pumped. I'm so excited. I can't wait to crack into it. I can't wait to crack into making content about it to watching it every single game ruining my sleep schedule um getting absolutely no sleep for for a month which is good it's gonna be great i can't wait for it but um yes before we crack on to all that i hope the week has treated everyone nicely um we just a personal personal milestone not personal for podcast milestone um i think i tweeted about it a couple of weeks ago i spoke about it maybe a couple of weeks ago i wanted to do 200 subscribers before the start of the 2022 world cup and we've actually smashed that and we've got it past 300 so i think we're on 308 at the time of recording um which just means the world to me so that is incredible absolutely incredible so thank you all very much for that for those who have subscribed for those who have subscribed because of the the leeds clip or the newcastle clip if this is your first full podcast um please stick around uh if you you stick around if you enjoy it i'm not gonna don't want to force you to stick around if you're not enjoying it but um yeah make sure you like it get around it share it get it get around it get all Share it, yeah, do, do all that good stuff for me in the world. To me, um, subscribe to it, like it on YouTube, go out on all the audio platforms, give it a five-star rating, etc., etc. Um, and, all, of course, all the socials, 2 Foot Attack Podcast on TikTok and Instagram and 2FTPod on Twitter. Um, that's all the formalities out of the way. That's all plugging myself. Um, let's crack in to, as you can tell, my World Cup predictions. Now, I thought it's probably best I give my predictions and then I want to, so I want to give my group predictions and then obviously 16th quarter semis final. And then I want to do like a preview of the tournament, just some talking points in which I want to speak about afterwards, if I can remember to do that and if this podcast doesn't go too long. But um, yeah, let's, let's start. Actually, no, one more thing, one more formal, one more bit of formalities before I can crack into the actual preview. Two more bits of formalities, actually, my mistake. Firstly, if you want to see some in-depth group pre... So what, what this is going to be, this is going to be like a me talking. No real tactical analysis, no real in-depth previews of of the groups. If you want to see that, I've done a series on the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel, which, if I remember, will be in the link in the description for YouTube. But if not, just go onto the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel. Um, just type in the Inner Sanctum on YouTube, will come up. Where, I, where I've done an in-depth preview on every single group, group A to H. Group A, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Yes. Group A to H, all eight groups, in-depth previews. I've also done a um, five players who will break out at the tournament. Well, it's now four because one of them didn't actually get picked. So you would just have to go and watch that video to find out who I spoke about um, for, for three minutes and um, done research on it. He didn't end up getting picked, but um, there you go. Um, yeah, three, three, um, three, key, three players will break out. Three dark horses for the tournament and fire and a key player for every single nation. So if you want those sorts, head on over to the Insanctum YouTube channel to watch those videos. Quite proud of them. So if you get give them some love, that'd be great. Um, and furthermore, if you're if you're an Australian or if you're an Australian supporter, soccer supporter, there will be a scout report on off on France, Tunisia, and Denmark out within this week. So Tuesday the fifteenth, Wednesday the sixteenth, and Thursday the seventeenth, there will be a scout report on France, Tunisia, Denmark, how Australia can beat them all. All that good stuff, previewing those games, which is going to be great. Um, so that is the that is the inner sanctum aspect of things out of the way. Now moving on to this, 
there i've alluded to it i've spoken about it and i'm going to fully put it into concrete evidence now i probably will tweet about it as well um, after this podcast goes out but for the two foot tackle podcast what we're going to do is we're going to be doing a podcast every single game day or every single match day of the 2022 fifa world cup that is going to kill me so basically every single time there is a match there'll be a podcast so i'm not going to be doing a match per i'm not going to be doing a podcast per game that's ridiculous per match day so so all the group stage games i will, I will be covering all the knockouts quarters um semis final etc I think if I did the calculations right, I think it's something like seventeen, maybe maybe Tico, maybe seventeen podcasts in a row before I can get a break. I think that's right. I think it's seventeen days in a row where the group stage plus the knockouts are happening in a row. So seventeen podcasts over seventeen days before I can get some rest. But I. I can't wait for it. I'm pumped for it. So if you if you want to see more of this, then there you go. There is um, you want to see more of it, more of me, then there you go. There'll be a podcast every single match day heading into or throughout the 2022 FIFA World Cup. So I'll be here every single time there is a match, reviewing all the action, previewing the following day's action. The previews won't the the podcast won't be that long because I can't I can't sit myself here for an hour every single day, staring into a lens with a very bright light above it. It's gonna burn my eyes and also sleep and all that good stuff i need it so they'll probably be they'll float around 30 minutes maybe touch touch over um touch over 45 floating in between there they won't be the hour-long podcast which i've which i've done for the past four weeks i think um so my apologies there and yes i think we're done six minute intro before i can actually crack into the previews that's that's good that that video retention straight down the gutter but anyway um let's crack into the world cup previews um and also before i start it once again any footballing actions i won't be speaking about so whatever happens whatever's happened with ronaldo I mean, you can just go back and watch my clip on Ronaldo, which I did a couple of weeks ago. There's that Chelsea are abysmal, City loss, which is quite funny. Um, what else happened? Liverpool won, good on them. Um, that's pretty much it. All right, great. Let's move on. Let's finish up. Let's go. And let's start with Group A. Let's go with Group A. Now, obviously, Group A consists of a couple of us talking about the World Cup, man. I'm just so excited. Let's crack on. Let's go. So let's speak about Group A. Let's start off with Group A, and that is, of course, Qatar. Netherlands, Senegal, and Ecuador. Of course, first game of that of that group, and of course, the first game of the 2022 FIFA World Cup will be Sen- will be Ecuador versus Qatar. Now, let's. I, I want to speak about probably each individual team to an extent, and then moving and then move on to the group preview. Let's start with Netherlands, probably the undisputed number one seed in that group. So, potential spoiler for my spoiler for my predictions, but. When we take a look at this Netherlands side, of course, it was a side that didn't qualify for last for the tournament last time. They obviously fell in the qualification stage after a pretty good 2014 campaign and a very good 2010 campaign. Of course, reaching the final in 2010, reaching the semi-final in 2014. 2018 was pretty disappointing, and of course, the 2020 Euros was pretty disappointing as well. They granted they topped their group. I think they won all three of their games quite comfortably, and they then fell to the Czech Republic um, in the. I think that's right, yeah, to, to, to the Czech Republic in the round of 16, which was disappointing and slight, slightly underwhelming, which we didn't really expect from this Netherlands side that's packed full of talent. However, they do play this throughout the back system. Um, obviously, Van Dijk is a main part of that. Um, Van Dijk's a main part of that. 
Um, who's the other player? Frankie De Jong's the main part of that. And, of course, the emergence of Cody Gakpo, who I will touch on a little bit later. So, potential spoiler for one of my other predictions. But, um, yeah, Cody Gakpo playing in that number 10 role will be absolutely crucial for, for the Netherlands heading into heading into Qatar. And they are a side which not many people know what to expect because we haven't really seen them. Um, of course, we saw them in the Euros, but it was it's obviously quite a different team. Of course, Wijnaldum was a major part of the team. He's probably no longer in the fold. Um, of course, I don't think Virgil van Dijk was playing. Was that pre or before injury? Pre or prior ACL? I'm not quite sure. But um, anyway, it's quite a different. Um, it's quite a different uh, Netherlands team to what we saw at the Euros. So it will be interesting to see whether or not they can actually go one step or maybe go further than what they did at the Euros. Of course, they got bucket loads of talent, which, um, which is which is good for them. They need it. And when you when you look at this Netherlands side. It is incredibly balanced throughout. You obviously have a fantastic defense with Van Dyke. You have a fantastic midfield with Frankie Jong. And then up front, you've got Cody Gakpo and Memphis Depay. Out wide, you've got Dumfries on that right-hand side, who's so good at getting forward and creating another option out wide. It's a very, very balanced Netherlands team, which is very good. However, the the talent that they've got in the other areas is a little bit worrying. Of course, apart from Depay, they don't really have a true number nine. Apart from De Jong, they don't really have a true central midfielder. There's just a couple of areas in this squad which are a little bit weak. So they will need the likes of Gakpo, De Jong, um, Van Dijk, Depay, D- Dumfries. They will need their star players to really carry them throughout the tournament. And I think they should get through their group quite comfortably. And they need to get to at least the quarters for me. I think the Netherlands need to get to at least the quarters because the disappointment that, that they that they showed at the Euros needs to be rectified. And I think a quarterfinal finish at the minimum is the only way to rectify that for the Netherlands. Um, I'll touch on where I've got them in the group uh, when I finish talking about the other three teams. But yeah, that's Netherlands. Let's move on. Let's finish. I need to stop saying, let's move on. Netherlands, let's go to Qatar. Qatar, obviously, maybe not the second team in this group, but I are certainly the host nation. Probably should have spoke about the host nation first, actually. But um, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go to Qatar and let's go to the host nation. And they're 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 probably Qatar, are probably the most underrated team heading into the tournament. Now, I don't want to spoil what where I've got them, but many people have just expected them to to fall like 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 perform how a team of that caliber should perform and of course not many people know a lot of Qatari players they don't really play up in the top 5 european leagues at all however when you look when you got the likes of Akram Afif and Alamos Ali playing up front two players who are very de- deadly two two players who are very dangerous um and two players who like the ball played to them direct and quickly getting in behind the fullbacks or getting in behind the centre-backs, getting in between the lines, they can definitely cause a shock. They can definitely cause a shock. At their home at their home tournament as well, we all saw what that did for Russia in 2018. We saw what that did for Brazil in 2014, 2010. Of, of course, it was, it was the South African World Cup. However, Ghana took that African pride and carried it all the way to the quarters. People are sleeping on Qatar big time. And obviously, obviously they're a team which, like I said, not many people know any plays for them they don't really have any they don't have a star man normally with normally with teams who aren't great they have like a star player so like um uh, uh i don't know quick i need to think of a nation so someone like senegal who we'll speak about next i've got like obviously they've got koulibaly and mendy and players like that but obviously mane is like their linchpin right 
Um, if I can think of another nation. Obviously, Norway with Haaland, but they've also got Odegaard as well. Um, Gabon with Aubameyang. Perfect example. You have Gabon, a, a nation which not many people know about. They don't really make a massive splash in the World Cup scene, but they've got Aubameyang up front. Qatar, who, who who is their linchpin, right? Who is the player that's playing in the top five leagues and really killing it in Europe? Qatar don't really have that. A lot of their players do play in the Middle East, do play around these Middle Eastern leagues, these Asian leagues. So not many people know what they're about. However, they, they will set up very defensively. They'll set up very stringently. They, of course, won the Asian Cup in 2019. They won it quite convincingly. They beat Japan 3-1 in the, in the final. They beat the likes of South Korea along the way, I'm pretty sure. So... Don't sleep on them by any means, and they're going to be very dangerous, especially if they if they're underestimated. Almoiz Ali and Akram Afif will be the two players for them. So yeah, that, that's 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 on Qatar. Move on to Senegal, and of course the, the the main the main thing around Senegal is the main thing around Senegal is of course the cloud over Sadio Mane. Now at this time, on Monday the fourteenth, he is in the squad. Of course, the squads have been announced and have been finalised by the time I've recorded. He is in the squad. He's finalising the squad. Will he be fit? Who knows? Of course, their first game will be the will be against the Netherlands, which is a massive game in that group. It's probably it's probably the game which if um, if Senegal would want to break through and if Senegal would want to qualify, they you'd think they need to get a point um, off Netherlands to really uh, to really assert themselves. But um. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not what it's going to be interesting to see what they are able to do, um, in this game, in what what they're able to do at this World Cup without Sadio Mane or with the injury cloud over Sadio Mane. Of course, they do have a fantastic team. Otherwise, they're not they're not a team like Gabon, who I just spoke about with um with just one player. They obviously do have they do have a lot of talent. Of course, with Koulibaly, um, Seni Diang as well, who who could feature in the absence of, of Edouard Mendy. If he, I don't know what's happening with him. I think he might be injured. I don't know, I don't know if he played for Chelsea. It's probably poor from me. But um, but yeah, but like still they've still they've still got bucket loads of talent. Like they've still got bucket loads of talent throughout that team. Obviously. Obviously, Drissagana Gay playing in that holding midfielder role. They've got a very industrious midfield that stays like stays compact in that four three three system. They obviously they rely on their front men to really provide the spark. They don't have a lot of creativity through their midfield, so they rely on their front three to really create. Um, obviously, Ismail Assad is another player who who will help Mane or will aid the absence of Mane. I I I don't want to say they're overrated. I don't want to say they're overrated, but a lot of people I've seen a lot of people saying that they could finish first in their group. I can't see that, especially with the Mane exit and the Mane absence. I just don't see it. Um, and I once again I don't want to spoil it, but um, yeah, I, I Senegal are a weird team. They're a weird team. They're 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 a very weird team. I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure what they did um back in the Afcon earlier this year, but um or um earlier earlier this year it was this year, wasn't it, or last year? Anyway, I'm not sure what, what, what they did um, at the African Cup of Nations. However, we obviously they did um, get through in the qualification stage for the World Cup on penalties over over Egypt. Obviously, Egypt qualified last time out, so that's a pretty good scout for them. We take a look at their... They obviously breezed past their first round of qualification. So, I, so I, I, I think Senegal will be good. I think they're slightly overrated, though. I just don't think that... I just don't... It, it's It's... Partly Senegal being overrated, as well as the Asian nations being slightly underrated. So yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm that's my, they're my thoughts on Senegal. Um, I just think they're slightly overrated, but they've obviously they've got talent. Like obviously they can shock any team on any, on any given day, right? So you can't sleep on the bunny mans. Let's finish up this group. Let's finish up Group A with Ecuador. Obviously Ecuador are a side which, uh, 
I don't want to say boring, but they're going to suffocate games, man. They're going to be very... I mean, I mean, your your pleasure in watching Ecuador this World Cup is gonna is gonna depend on your pleasure on watching extremely subdued football, extremely subdued football. And I mean that game versus Qatar, I, that's probably gonna be the worst kickoff to a World Cup ever because you have Ecuador who are an extremely defensive team, extremely defensive team. They float between a four four two and a five at the back system, and and obviously. And obviously, and Qatar as well are a team that aren't exactly filled with attacking talent that can break games apart. In Ecuador's last, in Ecuador's last four games, there's been one goal and no, there's been one goal scored in their last four games. Period. In their last four, in their last six games, there's been two goals scored. Period. And before then, in the World Cup qualifiers, they drew their they drew four of their last five games one all in between a three one loss to Paraguay. They scraped through. Um, ahead of ahead of Peru, with only nineteen goals conceded throughout the whole throughout the whole qualification campaign, which was the third most or the third best um, level with Colombia. However, they did score seven more goals in Colombia. So, obviously, obviously with um with Ecuador, Moises Caicedo is their main man. Um, he obviously will be either playing in that right hand side or maybe slightly deeper in that in that midfield three in their four four two four three three four three three five at the back system, which they just like to float floats in and around with um yeah it's going to be interesting to see how how ecuador whether or not they could potentially shock shock some people because because not many people know what to expect for them i think i i it's weird i think a lot of this group comes down to the underestimation and the overestimation of other teams i think a lot of people are underestimating qatar and overestimating someone like a senegal which means ecuador kind of fall in that third bracket which i don't kind of see fit for them i think to put it bluntly, I think I'll struggle. I don't know how to describe this without sounding like without sounding like a dickhead. But I, I, if Qatar get if Ecuador get a point at this World Cup, I'll be very, I'll be very surprised. I'll be very surprised because yes, of course they've they've drawn all of their games um, relatively recently and they are very defensively solid. However, when you however when you go to the World Cup, it's moments right, and you need moments of brilliance. That that defensive system very rarely works at the World Cup. I mean, it works, but I. How many times at the World Cup have you seen teams go far, drawing games one nil, or drawing games nil, or winning games one nil, one all? Like, there's goals scored at the World Cup, right? P- players just take that moment. So, I think Ecuador will be lucky to get a point, um, and that potentially moves on to my prediction for this group. And I've got Netherlands top, I've got Qatar finishing second, I've got Senegal finishing third, and I've got Ecuador finishing bottom. That's my prediction. A very, a very unpopular prediction. A lot of people are predicting Qatar to finish last in the group. I can't see that in the slightest. I think they beat. I think they beat Ecuador. I think maybe the crowd get them over the line against Senegal, and then I don't know what. I don't know if they're versus Netherlands last or second, but who knows what can happen in that game, right? They're a very solid team defensively, and Qatar, Qatar will make it out of the group. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Qatar will make it out of the group. People underestimate Qatar so much, and yet, like people forget, they won the Asian Cup in twenty nineteen. Like they won it, and they won it in a very, very, very convincing manner. They beat Japan three 0 in the final, a full strength Japan team. It's a very, very similar side to what was in that twenty nineteen Asian Cup. Obviously, they've played a lot of friendlies in the in the build up to this tournament because they obviously didn't have to go through qualifying. 
they're going to be very stringent in defence and they've got talent up front which can take them through games and can win them games off their own boot. Qatar will get through the group, in my opinion, and they'll shock a lot of people. It won't, if Qatar beat Netherlands, it won't surprise me because they, they have that talent up front as well as a very solid defensive structure to make that happen, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's that's my group A. Let's move on to group B. And let's maybe speed things up a little bit. Obviously, group B, let's go. Obviously, group B is the, maybe not the group of death. I wouldn't say this one's a group of death. I think there's a, there's there's quite a few groups of groups of death in this tournament. But it is, of course, the USA, England, Wales, and Iran. So let's let's touch on, let's touch on, let's touch on England first. I want to touch on England first because, obviously, they are, one of the favourites heading into the tournament, and I think if you have, if you know me, you know my prediction predictions on England, which I'll touch on a little bit later, um, in terms of what I think will ha- will happen for them in the tournament. I I think England are a very underrated team again because a lot of people look at that Gareth, look at Gareth Southgate, and this under underestimation underestimation is that a word comes from within their own country as well. A lot of people in their own country don't rate them, which is surprising to me. Gareth Southgate is a perfect tournament tournament manager. When you look at that team in 2018, that team had no right to get to the semifinals. And you could scream easy draw as much as possible, but they had Ashley Young playing left back, they had Danny Rose, Danny Rose was in the squad, Gary Cahill was in the squad, and this is a very old Gary Cahill as well. Phil Jones was in the squad, Harry Maguire was a key player for them at, at that time, Deli Ali was in the squad and playing... Loftus-Cheek was playing in that squad. Jesse Lingard was playing in that squad. This was a very poor England team, and it got to the semi-finals. When you look at the Euros, they're three spot kicks away, man. Like, like I've said this countless times. If Marcus Rashford kicks the ball three centimetres to the right, England win the Euros. I, if this, I know, I understand the, the absence of Tammy Abraham, Ivan Tony. James Ward-Prowse maybe for Kai Tomori is obviously is obviously the big talking point. I don't understand how James how Connor Gallagher's got in the squad. I don't understand how um uh, yeah I don't understand how Connor Gallagher's got in the squad. I don't understand how um how Harry Maguire's got in the squad. Connor Cody um they've only, he's only taken one left back which is quite surprising. Um Marcus Rashford as well. I don't really know about him all that much. But the squad is there, and the squad definitely has the ability to go far in this tournament. People, people like to hate on England for I don't understand for what reason. Um, obviously, we can't wait for the football's coming home song to be ringing around the fucking stadium every single um, ringing around the stadium every single time England play. Obviously, that's in jest, and obviously that's a joke. But um, yeah, I think I think England will go far in the tournament. So a spoiler, but yeah, England are going through in my group. I won't I won't say where they finish in this group, but I think England will go far. Let's move on to let's let's stay in Europe. Let's let's go to Wales. Um, Wales are another team which is quite tricky to analyze. Of course, everyone remembers that Wales team from twenty sixteen. It was a it's a very obviously making the semi-finals of the Euros. It is a very different Wales team. It is a very different Welsh team. So I'm not really sure people can look to that as much. I think you need to look at the Euros as a more as a better indicator for what they can bring. I think they finished third in their group. They were one of the better third place qualifiers in their group, and they finished. They went to the next round. I think they got I think they got done three 0 by Denmark in the round of sixteen. So, of course, this is, this is a Wales team that is built around Gareth Bale, built around Aaron Ramsey. 
and uh, like in the past especially, but Gareth Bale is still a major part in that team. They do have some young players who can break through. Um, they do have some young players who can break through and will really want to show just how good they are at this tournament, almost like the passing of the guard heading into heading into the future. But I, the, the, yeah, there's there's. There's something about yeah this Wales team. There's something about them which doesn't give me a lot of confidence heading into the tournament. They are still very reliant on Gareth Bale. They are very reliant on someone like a Kiefer Moore to hold the ball up and give, bring other players into the game. They'll play in this three at the back system, which is good for them because they aren't really that sound defensively. Obviously, Chris Meppham is probably the most high-profile centre back, right? So, yeah, I uh, th- yeah. I think it will take a lot for Wales to get through, in my opinion. It will take a lot for Wales to get through. I'm not. I'm not saying that they won't get through, but it'll take a lot for them to get through. Um, let's yeah. Let, let's let's go. Let's cross the um. Let's cross the Atlantic. Atlantic. That's the ocean, isn't it? Move to the US, and the US are one of the teams I spoke about in the Three Dark Horses video, which I mentioned at the start of the podcast. Go over the Insane YouTube channel. Check that out. It's a good video. I'm proud of it. Um, I like their team, man. I really, really like their team. There, there's something about this USA team this year. Of course, they will be looking to build towards 2026, and they will be looking to, to kind of, they will be looking to plant the seed in Qatar to sprout in 2026 at their home at their home tournament. So, not many people are expecting them to go to like the quarters or the semis this year. I think they've got a very talented squad, a very young squad as well, who can shock teams, who can shock teams in a massive way. Obviously, Tyler Adams seeing at the base of that midfield is going to be massive for them. Weston McKennie as well. Obviously, Anthony Robinson, Christian Pulisic, Timothy Weyer. They've got a lot of talent up front. Um, they've got a lot of talent in the attacking areas as well as in midfield and the defence, despite not having a lot of standout names, is still very solid. Um, of course, Walker Zimmerman, that cap- the captain of their squad, the- that leader of that squad will be massive for them in- heading, in- heading into Qatar. And... Um, People are sleeping on them because they're the US, I think, because they don't have like Dempsey and Donovan and Howard and like all these guys, like even further back, like Lalas and other players further back, right? Because they don't have any stars, people are underestimating them, but they'll be very solid this tournament. I think they'll be very good. Um, but yeah, once again, people are underestimating them big time. They're a, t- they're a side that will shock a lot of people. 100% will shock a lot of people. Um, and they obviously didn't they didn't finish first in their World Cup qualification. In CONCACAF, obviously Canada finished first in CONCACAF. But I still think the US will be very good. I think I think that they'll be very good. They play a very solid 4-3-3 system that's very fluid up front and very interchangeable up front. Yeah, uh, the US will be very good this tournament, no doubt. Let's finish up and let's move to Asia. Let's move to Iran. Iran are another team very, very, very underrated. Iran are very, very underrated. I don't understand why they're underrated because they finished top in their World Cup qualifying group ahead of South Korea and ahead of the UAE. Obviously, the UAE have only been to the tournament once, but South Korea are a very, very... Um, they're a staple in the World Cup. They they got they finished top in that group and they've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of talent in that squad. Of course, Mahed... Tarimi is that main man for Iran, but I just don't see why the underestimation of... Is that even a word, underestimation? I'm just going to roll with it for this podcast. I've said it twice now, so I'm just going to roll with it. Um, I don't see why Iran are under, underrated. I don't see why Iran are rated that, lo- that low in the slightest. They've, they've, they've got a very solid team, a very solid team. Of course, they versus England in their first group game, and fuck it, they, they can cause a shock in that, in that, in that team, in that game. And even in this group, that can cause a shock. If if Iran get through, it won't surprise me. Nah, not at all. 
a lot of people are saying that about Wales. If Wales get through, it will surprise them. But for me, it's Iran. I think Iran are a very underrated underrated team and can definitely do a lot of good in this tournament. Definitely do a lot of good in this tournament. I, I, what It's something about these Asian nations, man, that are heavily, heavily underrated. A lot of people are predicting every single Asian nation in their group to finish last. I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't think that's the case at all. So yeah, that's just the two cents on Iran. I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to be. Ve- I think they're going to be. They're going to shock everyone. I don't think they'll be very good. I think they'll shock pe- play people though. They'll shock people. Of course, we, they did very well in twenty eighteen. Very well in twenty eighteen. So, um, yeah, that that's that that's the the preview for every team. And let's move on to. Oh, let's not move on. Let's finish up with where I think teams will finish. In first place, I've got England. Shakara. Second, I've got the US. Third. I've got Iran, and fourth, I've got Wales. Wales are very overrated, in my opinion. Um, let's fin- Let's move on to Group C. Group C, of course, is a very, very tough group, a very similar group to what was four years ago, I feel like, um, if my memory serves me correctly. But, um, of course, it is, it is Mexico, um, Argentina, Poland, and Saudi Arabia. It is yeah. It is obviously the group that revolves around Lionel Messi. It is the group that revolves around Lionel Messi, and it is the the group that revolves around this Argentinian team. Of course, it's Messi's last tournament. This will be this will be the storyline around Argentina, um, he, heading into the tournament, and of course throughout the tournament. It is of course their last his last tournament, his last chance to get that elusive World Cup trophy. It's gonna be it's gonna be one hell of a tournament to watch from that perspective. One hell of a tournament to watch from that perspective because when you look at things, when you look at things from the Argentinian perspective, of course they did win the Copa America. That was that elusive international trophy that Messi has been craving. He obviously we've all seen that speech floating around on Twitter prior to that final. He he would die for this shirt, and of course he has announced it is his last World Cup. Like I've said. That they will be willing to do, they'll be wanting to do absolutely everything in their powers to get him to get him through to that final and to win him that final. They obviously have the heartbreaking twenty fourteen. They have a very underwhelming campaign in twenty eighteen. Of course, the Copa America victory was was fantastic, but this side is still very balanced. This side is still very good, in my opinion. Lautaro Martinez up front is still a fantastic player. Obviously, Lissandro Martinez at the back is still very is very good. Obviously, had fantastic season for Man United. It's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting to see the narrative around Messi. I can't wait to watch some Argentina games this season or this season this World Cup because because the narrative is Messi. The narrative for the whole World Cup is Messi versus Ronaldo, right? So yeah, fuck. I just like ah. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, when they when they look at Argentina, think Messi, Messi, Messi. But when you look at the other players in this side, it is a very balanced team. It is a very balanced team. And it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if Messi didn't have the best World Cup, but Argentina still went pre- relatively far. Because they, they obviously are going to carry that high from the Copa America win. They're going to carry that, that momentum and that kind of adrenaline rush that Messi's last World Cup will give them. And the other players around Messi will want to step up and give Messi that trophy. I think a lot of people a lot of people are kind of pinning Argentina's hopes to Messi's performances. I think that's a little bit unfair because I think they're a well-coached team, very balanced, and they've got a lot of talent around Messi to supply him and to kind of facilitate him and to aid him if he doesn't perform well in a certain game. 
I think Argentina's squad is quite underrated. I think they're a very good squad. So um yeah, but it, it's it, it will be it will, it will be around me. It will, it will revolve around Messi in this tournament, hundred percent. And do you blame anyone? Do you blame anyone for revolving everything around Messi? Because really, it is Messi's World Cup. Like let's be honest. Let's move on, and let's let's stay in the Americas and let's go to Mexico. Um, of course, once again, we spoke about the 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 storyline with Messi. The storyline will be around the fifth game. Now, for those who for Mexico, for those who aren't aware of the fifth game, Mexico for the past seven World Cups have fallen at the fifth game. The round sixteen game is is it, sorry have not been able to make it to the fifth game. That's what I'm saying. The fifth game curse. They have fallen at the fourth hurdle at every single World Cup since 1994. Since Italia 94, or no, USA 94, I think. 94, 08, 02, 06, 10, 14, 18. Maybe 98. Maybe it was in France 98. I'm not quite sure. But around about the mid-90s, the mid I think it's the past seven World Cups I haven't been able to get through into the round of, into the quarterfinals. And this will be this will be playing on their mind, 100%. Of course, they did have a pretty good tournament last time out. They qualified in that group that consisted of Germany. They obviously beat Germany in that game. Hoving Lozano got the goal. If my memory serves me correctly, um, yeah, Mexico, Mexico will be good. Mexico are always good, but but with but Mexico are weird because of course I if if I'm if I'm not mistaken, there is a little bit of unrest within their football federation. There is a little bit of not uh, uncertainty around what they're going to do at this World Cup. So to me, Mexico could finish first, but they could also finish last. Mexico is such a. The, I think every, this Mexican team on paper has everything to potentially even top this group. However, there's this thing that will be lingering at the back of their mind that 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 round the 16 curse. They haven't been able to get past that hurdle, and maybe they're going to put all their eggs into the 2026 basket. It, it could be one of those things where they could top the group, but they could also capitulate and finish last. They're they're the two things that I, I think would happen for Mexico this tournament. But then again, the talent is there for them to just coast through the group as expected and really just show their class with the talent they've got. So Mexico will be a very tricky team and will be a very interesting team to watch heading into the tournament. Let's go. Let's move across left to right. Poland. Um, well, let's move across from the Americas to Europe and then we'll finish up in Asia. Let's go to Poland. And Poland are a team that have been carried by one man for the longest time. Of course, that is Robert Lewandowski. Poland are very, I don't want to say overrated, but a lot of people expect a lot from them. I think they're a team that has been carried by Lewandowski for the longest time, but they aren't a team that have kind of lived up to the expectations that they've had. I think at the Euros, they fell in the group stage. They only scored, I think they only scored five goals and four of them came from Lewandowski, or they scored four and only three, three of them came from Lewandowski. So they are very heavily reliant on Lewa to, to get them goals and to get them wins. Obviously, they've got Zielinski as well, who's having a fantastic season for Napoli. He's going to be a player that could potentially aid, aid or like shoulder the load for, for Lewandowski heading into the tournament. I don't... I don't... I don't know. Like, I don't know. With 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 France. I mean, with Poland. France. With Poland. Um, I don't know. Because their, t- their squad is actually quite good. Like, their squad's quite good. And everything... Like that is leaning for me to almost put them through in that group and finish second, but 
spoiler alert, Argentina finishing first. Um, but I, but something in my mind is saying that, no, nah, they're not good. So I'm very conflicted with Poland. And I think the, the Poland's standings in their group will... Um, po- yeah, Poland's standings in their group will be not reflected, but will come down to the performances of Saudi Arabia. And with Saudi Arabia... They're another team incredibly underrated. They finished top in their Asian qualification group. They are a very solid team with talent out wide, of course. Salim al Dosori will be will be the, the guy for Saudi Arabia. Very talented, very talented footballer. Can cut inside off the left wing onto his right foot and very direct, very good goal scorer, very good eye for goal. So I, I I genuinely think that Saudi Arabia are a very underrated team. And and the, this is probably the group of death thinking about it because Argentina are obviously great. Mexico are a very weird team that could probably finish top but also last. Poland, like Lewandowski can score six goals in three games and carry Poland to carry Poland through out of the group. But they could also do what they've done in the last international tournaments and just capitulate. And then you have Saudi Arabia, who a lot of people are underestimating. Then you have Saudi Arabia, who a lot of people are underestimating but have so much talent underrated talent that they could really just cause a shock and I, and I think Saudi Arabia is kind of the, the epitome of that not many people know what to expect from Saudi Arabia but if you've done if you look into their team if you look into some of their performances they're a very good side and they've got a lot of talent so I, th- I think that, that 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 carries us on well to where I think each team will finish like I said Argentina finished top I've gone I've gone Mexico second I've gone Mexico second, I've gone Saudi Arabia third, and I've gone Poland Poland last. But if Saudi Arabia make it through, it won't shock me in the slightest. In the slightest. I think they're very good. I think they're a very good team. Let's move on to Group D. As we're ticking, we're just ticking on the 40 minutes, so this this podcast will probably be an hour and a half long. Um, let's go. Let's go to Group D. Of course, Australia, um, Australia, France, Tunisia, and Denmark. Let's start with Australia. And I don't want to speak about the Australian team as much because I've spoken about that a lot. I've I've never seen a country so I've I've never seen a country resign themselves to defeat before a tournament has even started more than Australia. It is the most infuriating thing in the world. Are so many people saying, yeah, we'd be lucky to get a point. Australians are saying that. Why Why can't this country believe? Why can't this country dispend reality for a moment and just think, what if? And get behind that notion of what if. It's It, it, it comes around once every four years. We get drawn in hard groups, it seems, every single year, every single World Cup. Why can't, as a nation, we just get behind these boys? Why can't we get through? Why can't we? Why can't we get through? Are Tunisia all that better than, than Peru? No, they're actually worse. Tunisia are worse than Peru. France are a very fallible team. Extremely fallible team. And Denmark may, De- Denmark are a team that are susceptible as well. Why can't... Why can't the Australian public just get behind these... The, why can't the Australian public just get behind these boys instead of resigning ourselves to defeat for every single game? We've got talent. We've got so we actually have a lot of talent. Hustich is is one of the most technically gifted players I've seen in an Australian shirt. Aaron Moy is having a fantastic season for Hearts. I mean for Celtic. Um, 
like we have talent. Moy, Hustich, Sutar, these very good players. Cummings up front is in is in a hell of a form. You have Qual off the bench. Atkinson, Karacic are very good right-back options. As his Beige has been a staple for the Socceroos side. Matt Ryan in goal is still very good. Jackson Irvine is having a fantastic season. Cam Devlin's having a fantastic season. We have talent. Why can't this country suspend belief for one moment? Or suspend reality, sorry. And believe for one moment that we can actually get through. Strange things have happened. Costa Rica got through probably one of the hardest groups ever drawn in the World Cup. Why can't we? Why can't we? And that moves us on perfectly to France. And so many people, I've seen a lot of people saying France can win the tournament. I've seen a lot of people saying France will go to semis at least. Obviously, no Kante, no Pogba is is a big loss for them. Big loss for them. Benzema, the fitness, the fitness around Benzema is not really known. Will he be fit for the first game against Australia? Who knows? Deschamps is saying that he'll be fit, so we, I guess we'll have to take his word for it. We'll also have to take his word of the fact that he will be reverting back to his 4-2-3-1 system slash 4-3-3 system. Um, obviously, he has, he has played a three-at-the-back system for the longest time, um, especially after the, after the Euros. He's played a three-at-the-back system for pretty much the whole qualification campaign. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not he reverts back to the three after saying he'll go to the four. He'll stick with the four-at-the-back. Um yeah, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something that that the Socceroos, the Socceroos, fuck me, I can't, I can't I stop stop looking at my phone. It's, it's gonna be something that France will be looking to to kind of surprise teams with that difference in structure, difference in system, and also the main storyline with France will be the World Cup winners' curse. Of course, in 06, the winners of Italy didn't get through in 2010. The winners in 2010, Spain, didn't go through in 2014. The winners in 2014, Germany, didn't go through in 2018. And will the winners of 2018, France, not go through in 2022? Who knows? France are a very susceptible team. If you, this, is, this is probably going to be one of the most unpopular opinions ever. But the, France's 2018 World Cup win is one of the worst World Cup wins in modern history. They were extremely lucky to get to win that tournament. They did not play good football at all. They were relying on counter-attacks, individual brilliance, and penalties, and corners. When you look at all their goals from pretty much around 16, they beat Belgium, sorry, they beat Uruguay in the, in the quarters off a corner and off a freak shot from Griezmann that was spilt into Uruguay's own net. They beat Belgium in the semis off a corner, and when you look at the when you look at the final, they own goal penalty, counter attack from Mbappe to score his goal, and a shot which Subasic really should have saved against Paul Pogba. Croatia dominated that game. Croatia dominated that game, and France didn't dominate a single game that 2018 World Cup. They got very lucky against Australia. They got they got lucky against Peru, and they drew against Denmark. This is this is one of the most overrated national teams in a long time. In a very long time. And they're going to move back to the system that they played in 2018 for this World Cup. Who knows what will happen. Let's go... Let's, I actually want to finish on Denmark, so let's touch on Tunisia. 
Obviously, Tunisia are probably the most unknown team heading into this tournament. They obviously have one key player, and that is, of course, Rabi Khazri, who, of course, scored a couple of goals back in 2018. They scored a couple of... Um, they scored a couple of goals in 2018, really carried them in the 2018 tournament. That, of course, they, of course, did beat Panama 2-1 in their final group game. Um, so, yeah, of course, so it'll be interesting to see whether or not that experience of winning a game can carry them into this tournament. But I can't really see a lot of people expecting a whole lot from Tunisia, to be honest, because they just aren't that team, in my opinion. They don't have a lot of quality. They play a pretty risky style of football. They beat Japan recently, which is quite a good result. However, they got smashed 5-1 by Brazil. They play a kind of risky... They play, they play a pretty good way, of, like, style of football. It works in Africa. Um, but yeah... Tunisia going to be a... Uh, I don't know. I can't really see... I, I'm not going to expect a lot from Tunisia, put it that way. Let's go to Denmark. And Denmark, of course, are a team that a lot of people will be other will be claiming dark horses. I, I spoke about them in my three dark horses for the World Cup video for the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel. Go check it out. Um, but I don't think they're dark horses. I don't think they're dark horses. I think they're very good. I think they're very good. Very balanced. Very attack, attacking-wise, they're brilliant. Hoiberg in, in the hot playing as a single pivot is fantastic. Of course, you've got Dolberg, Eriksson, Damsgaard, Skov Olsen, Tolson, um, Braithwaite. I don't know if he's in the squad, but you've got Braithwaite. You've got Jonas Wind, who's having a fantastic season. Um, yeah, I think they're a good team. Very good team. So, they I, I wouldn't call them dark horses. They could go far. They could go far. And if they replicate what they did at the Euros, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. So, with that saying, let's go to the group standings. And call me biased, call me delusional, call me an idiot, call me blind faith. I mean, that's not an insult, but say that I'm using blind faith. I've got Denmark finishing first, and I've got Australia finishing second. And here I've got France and Tunisia, France finishing third, Tunisia finishing fourth. Sure, we'll go with that. Although if France finished last, it wouldn't surprise me. You, call me delusional. Please, call me delusional. But if I'm delusional, then so be it. So be it. I'm believing. I'm believing in this group to get through. Believing in this group to get through. Let's speed things up, and let's go to group A, and let's 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 tick things on quite nicely, because we've got 45 minutes, and I still want to speak about four groups and some other things as well. So um, if if these group previews are condensed, my apologies. I just need to get through this as quick as, quickly as possible. Um, so... Yes, all right, let's go. Let's touch on Group A. Sorry, I just got distracted a little bit once again. Group A, um, it is, of course, Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, and Japan. Spain, I think, are the best team in this group in terms of talent-wise. Of course, Germany are a side which actually obviously got knocked down around 16 at the Euros, had a very underwhelming 2018 World Cup campaign. So, so, so Germany, of course, are a side that... Germany, of course, are a side that are transitioning. Obviously, they got through the Joachim Lowe phase of, phase of football at the end of the Euros where they fell in around 16 to England. They've gone to this Hans de Flick style of football, which is, seems to have reverted back to the 4-2-3-1 system. Um, of course, they did play throughout the back system at the Euros. Uh, uh, without, without a natural striker, of course, Werner would have played up front, but he was, of course, injured. They're probably going to go with Havertz or maybe Nabry up front or maybe even someone like a Thomas Muller playing as a false nine. I think moving Kimmich back into DM is a very good move. I think introducing Jamal Musiala is a very good move. I think Germany are very. Good. I think Germany are going to be a pretty good team. 
think Germany are going to be a very good team this World Cup. And when you look at their, probably the team that they'll be competing against most predominantly, that is Spain. Spain are another side which I think will be very good and slightly underrated, if I may say so. Um, Spain, of course, are a team that have obviously transitioned from this tiki-taka, Iniesta, Iniesta, Busquets, Xavi, David Villa, Cesc Fabregas, Pedro, this style into this new into this new regime. Of course, I've got a fantastic young midfield of Pedri and Gavi, which is fucking absurd. How on earth are they going to start a World Cup with Gavi and Pedri and perform better than 90% of teams? It's ridiculous. Those two players are, are a joke. Pedri and Gavi are a joke. They're actually a joke. Of course, up front, they've got the likes of Ferran Torres, Alvaro Morata, who's always performed well for Spain, um, Ansu Fati as well. And defensively, they're still very strong. I think Rodri in that base in midfield is going to be very good for them um, if he plays over Busquets. Laporte is, Laporte, Laporte is obviously a very good player. Um, a very good player. Marcus Lorente, when he plays right back for Spain, he's very good. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Spain, with Unai Simon in goal over David De Gea, which is the right choice in my opinion, I think it's. A, I think Spain are going to be very good. I think Spain are going to be very good. Let's go to France. Um, not France. Fuck me. Why do I keep saying France? Japan. Let's go to Japan and um. Let, yeah, let's let's go to Japan and once again a very very underrated team. Very underrated team. They were within a they were within a bee's dick of beating, of beating um, Belgium back in twenty eighteen. Of course, a ninety fifth minute counter attack. Uh, saw them lose that game 3-2, which is heartbreaking for them. They, of course, made the final of the Asian Cup, I think. Yeah, they did make the final of the Asian Cup. Granted, they lost, but they still made it. They finished second in their World Cup qualification group. They've got fantastic players, a very balanced team. Of course, Waturu Enzo being that that holding midfield pivot um, with, to allow the likes of y- y- Yauri Ito, hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, Takumi Minamino, all these attack- very flair attacking players that have become synonymous with the Japanese um way of playing football in recent times. Yeah, I, I, I think Japan are, are going to be good. I think Japan are going to be good. And I think their group is very harsh to them. I think it's a very harsh group that they've, that they, that they've been put in. Let's go to um, let's go to Costa Rica. Like I said, I'm speeding things up. I want to get through these really quickly. Let's go to Costa Rica. Um, of course, the 2014 World Cup campaign is what we all remember them for. I don't see them replicating it at all. I think that we're, we're going to say something similar to what they showed back in 2018. They got one point in 2018. They are they are pretty defensively solid. They've had a fantastic run. Um, I think they won six of their last seven World Cup qualification campaign uh, games, meaning they got through ahead of um, no they got they got into that playoff place. They beat New Zealand one nil. Joel Campbell goal in the third minute, and they scraped past New Zealand. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything happening with Costa Rica, sorry. I, don't, I, I just don't see anything happening. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, th- spoil, they're finishing last in my group. So w- so with that saying, I've got Spain finishing top, Germany finishing second, Japan finishing third, Costa Rica finishing fourth. Japan could get through. If either team, if either team aren't absolutely perfect, Japan could get through. 100%. They've got talent. They've got a lot of talent. I need to crack on with this very, very quickly. Let's go to group... Hey, what's after E? F. That's good. Um, group F, and that is, of course, the second group of the kind of two 
the, the maybe the third group if you want to count group D, but obviously the second group when it comes to two key two main teams that we'll go through, and that is of course um, Croatia, Belgium, Morocco, Canada. Of course, Croatia twenty eighteen World Cup. We all know what happened there. Probably very unlucky to win. Very unlucky to not win that. They dominated the final. They played fantastic football throughout. That old guard of Modric and Brozovic in that in that midfield is going to be very good for them. Like yeah, so. I mean, Croatia, Croatia are a pretty weird team because they obviously had an underwhelming European Championship campaign, probably could have gone a little bit further than what people thought they could have. They've obviously got Modric, who is still fantastic despite being 105 years old. It is a quite a different team to what they took back in 2018. It is a slightly more aging team as well. So if they do not, if they do not get through the group, it wouldn't shock me. Because I think this is their last chance for this Croatian team, as it stands, to really break into this, to break into this, um, into that upper echelon of international teams. However, they still got so much talent, so they could finish first, they could finish third or fourth. It wouldn't shock me. I think we just have to wait and find out what they could, um, what they're going to show in their first group game to really show to really see what they can do from there. Um, we look at Belgium. Belgium are in a very similar boat. Obviously, this golden generation are coming to the twilight of their career. However, I think they do have a little bit more quality. Um, I do think they have a little bit more quality in this team to to that than Croatia to really show what they're able to do. I like obviously De Bruyne is still at the peak of his powers. I mean they they've got players like Trossard who is in a purple patch of form. Obviously Lukaku up front always performs for Netherlands for 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 Belgium. Um, I I think Belgium are going to be the best. I think Belgium are going to be the best of the rest. And what I mean by best of the rest is teams that aren't expected to go to like the semis or even the final, I think they're going to still going to be very good. Their old guard, their golden generation, which exploded onto the scene in 2014 and 2018, I think going one step further than 2018 is maybe just out of reach for them. However, football throws up curveballs, and we've seen so many times before teams towards the tail end of their tenure and towards the tail end of their prime really shock the world and, and do something magical in, in, in cup in cup football and in tournaments. So I think I think Belgium definitely have the potential to go really far. However I just think I just think they'll fall at the round the quarters. So yeah. Of course Canada and Morocco two two teams very similar in terms of what they're able to do. Two teams that could shock on any given day on any given day. Two teams that pretty much rely on maybe not two players, but of course when you look at Morocco, it's Hakimi and Zayac. When you look at um Canada, it's David and Davies. Of course, with Canada, Stefan Ustakio is playing fantastic football for Porto in that center central central of midfield. So they could really cause a shock. Morocco as well have this. I think they'll one they'll one of the better qualifiers coming out of uh, coming out of Africa as well. So they've got talent. Both teams have bucket loads of talent. And like I said with the previous group, if either team aren't perfect, I can definitely see Morocco or Canada leapfrogging one of the two teams and getting into those top two places and really shocking the world. But with that saying, I've gone Belgium top, Croatia second. I think I've got Canada third, have I? I've gone Canada third, Morocco fourth. However, this is a very even group despite the Despite what many people think, this is a very even group. Let's go to Group G. That is, of course, a very, very similar group to what we saw in 2018. It is Switzerland, Brazil, Serbia, and Cameroon. Brazil will be the favourites and are the favourites for the tournament, quite rightly. They're a team that are 
very good. So much talent. Um, despite their fullbacks being a little bit questionable, I think that the, the, the talent that they've got is unbelievable. Of course, leaving the likes of Roberto Firmino out is quite quite risky and quite controversial, but I think it was the right decision in the end. Um I think it was the right decision in the end. They are a team that are they are a team that show just how good they are in terms of they they don't they don't hide away and they don't sh- they don't they don't cave into pressure. They really perform in the international stage, and I think that's epitomised by Neymar. He's a team that he's a player that just shows up for Brazil every single time. Um, yeah, he's so good for them, and I think I think I think he'll carry on heading into. I think he'll carry on in Qatar. I think they're going to be very dangerous. They're going to be very hard to stop. Let's go to let's go to Serbia, who are the third team who I touched on in my three dark horses heading into the World Cup video. On the Intersecting YouTube channel, check it out. Um, I think Serbia are very good. Vlahovic and Mitrovic up front, Tadic in behind, Kostic off the left, Milinkovic Savic playing in that central midfield role. Five at the back system is very solid. They spring out wide on the counter attack to get crosses into the box. They're going to be very dangerous from set pieces. They're going to be good. Serbia are going to be good. And they're going to finally, finally show what they're able to do on the world stage because we all think Serbia and we all know Serbia produce a lot of good footballers. They have a very good footballing culture, but they aren't able to really show it on the world stage. I think this is their time. I think this is their time to really show just how good they are. So Serbia can definitely can definitely shock a lot of people. Can definitely shock a lot of people. Let's go to let's go to uh, let's go to Cameroon. Let's uh, no, let's stay in Europe. Let's go to Switzerland. Um, obviously 20, 2020, 2020 Euros beat France in a very intense back and forth game they are a side that likes to play very sturdy and disciplined football can do a lot of um can do can do a lot of damage especially on the counter-attack this is going to be the the by yearly time everyone in football gets extremely frustrated with Harris Seferovic for whatever reason because he can't score goals even though he's a he's a striker he just can't score so can't wait to watch to watch Switzerland to get absolutely frustrated by him um but I I think Switzerland can definitely cause a shock we've seen it they beat France quite comfortably as well or maybe not quite comfortably but they were in control for most parts of that game against France so I can't say I I don't see France I don't see Switzerland underperforming to an extreme extent. I think they're going to be... I think if they underperform, it won't be by much. If they overperform, it won't be by much. I think a lot of play, a lot of people have an expectation of Switzerland, and I think that's where they'll perform at. I think they're a pretty good team as well. I, I think they're a pretty good team. Let's go to Cameroon. Um, obviously, the the second-last African nation will be covering on this, or covering in the World Cup. It's tricky, tricky, very tricky, because... They don't have a lot of talent. They they aren't a side that have a lot of talent. They have good players in good areas. I just think it, I just I just don't see them. I don't see them doing anything at this World Cup. Is that harsh? I think it might be a little bit harsh, but I just don't see them. I don't see them breaking through that. I don't see them breaking through that kind of grabbing that brass ring and upsetting quite a few. I I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think they have that X factor player. Which you need, especially if you're a country which isn't good. If you're not a top nation, you need an X factor player. I don't see. I don't think they have that. Of course, I've got Toko Akambi, Chupa Moting as well, who are good players, but they aren't. They aren't that player. They aren't that player. So I think it'll be. I think it might be a step too far for them um, to get through the group. So without saying, 
I've gone with Brazil top. I've gone with Serbia second. Switzerland, Cameroon. Might be a little bit controversial. I've seen quite a few people saying that um, Switzerland will go through, or even Ser- or even Cameroon. But I've gone with Serbia. I like the way that they play football. Let's go. Let's touch on the final te- the final group, and that is of course Group H. It is Uruguay, Ghana, South Korea, and Portugal. Let's touch on Portugal first. Cristiano Ronaldo's World Cup to lose. It might not to lose, but of course, Ronaldo he needs it, doesn't he? He needs it more than anything. And if he's gonna get it, it needs to be now because I don't. He won't be rolling around in twenty twenty six. He he needs the World Cup. Ronaldo needs the World Cup, and I think if Ronaldo doesn't get the World Cup, it will kind of tarnish his le- his legacy a little bit because he's been this perfectionist. Ronaldo's kind of Ronaldo's kind of the def like the definition of Ronaldo is perfectionist, and you can't have this this label as a perfectionist without having a perfect trophy cabinet. And he's got pretty much every single trophy that he could have won, except for the World Cup. And if he doesn't get it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna haunt him, put it that way. He won't get over it ever. He will not get over it. And he will hold grudges for a long time if he doesn't get it. It's going to be him versus Messi. Everyone wants that. Um, everyone wants that kind of that storyline to play out all the way to the final. If there's any time, I can write. You can write Portugal off all you want, but if there is any time for, if there is any time for a team to carry a player to the promised land, and for a player to potentially carry his whole nation to the promised land. It's Portugal. They've got a great team. They probably have a better team than what Messi's got. But Portugal obviously don't. Obviously, with the talent, they do like they don't haven't really found the best way to get the most out of it. So I guess that's something that we'll have to find out heading into the tournament. Let's go to South Korea. Um, we actually got all four continents, which is cool. That's is that the first is that the only group with, in which there's all four continents um, being represented? Um, no, Group A also has that. So I'm an idiot. Let's move on. Let's go to um, let's go to Uruguay. No, let's go to South Korea. Let's go to Asia. Let's go to South Korea. Um, once again, once again, Sun. Once again, another another Asian team, extremely extremely underrated, extremely underrated. South Korea are a very good team. South Korea are a very good team. They don't have potentially the talent, the depth in talent to what maybe Japan has. But with Sun up front, anything is possible. Anything is possible. He will be fit. I'm not sure for how many games he'll be fit, but he definitely will be fit. So if they, they're a team which can definitely do something. Can definitely do something. And if they do get through, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. Um, that's Is that a spoiler for where I've got them? Who knows? Maybe we just have to wait and see. Um so yeah, South Korea are a good team. If Sun can get fit and firing, they'll be very deadly. They'll be very dangerous heading into um, in Qatar, in my opinion. They beat Germany last time out, so they they obviously have some minerals about them. They've got some they've got some cojones about them to do something. Let's go to South America. Let's go to Uruguay. An aging Uruguay team, maybe a Uruguay team which isn't as strong as it potentially what it was maybe four eight years ago. A Uruguay side that has a very historical way of playing football. 
maybe not historical, but a very like traditional way of playing football that is, that has been kind of the same way all the way through from maybe ten years ago all the way to now. Obviously, Darwin Nunes is he he's starting to hit a pretty good patch of form, which is good for them. Federico Valverde will be their key player, in my opinion, playing in that centre mid role or even on the right wing if he wants to play there. Obviously, um, Luis Suarez up front. He's had some pretty good history in the World Cup. Who's he going to bite this year? Who knows? Um, or, or 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 what what red card is he going to get? I think that I think I think that's probably the thing. What red card is Luis Suarez going to get? But um, yeah, I think Uruguay are a team which are Uruguay. They're Uruguay. They know what they need to do. They probably do it nine times out of ten, and they live up to expectation nine times out of ten as well. I think they got through in 2014. I'm pretty sure they got through that group in 2014. Um, of course, 2018, they fell in the quarterfinals. They obviously beat Portugal in 2018, the round 16, which is a pretty good result for them. So, yeah, I think Uruguay are Uruguay. I think they're going to be good. Not great, but good. Let's finish, finish up on the final team, and that is Ghana. Ghana, of course. I feel like it, maybe it's a little bit of a Mandela effect. They actually have played a World Cup since 2010. That was 2014, which I actually forgot. Um, they were in that group with um, the USA, Portugal, and Germany, I think. I think they got through in that group. Did they? Or am I making things up? I don't know. But, um, yeah, you, like you, obviously everyone got, looks back to that 2010 team. Completely different, of course. Every, like I don't think there's one remaining player from that 2010 team. 2010 team. But I just, I don't, like, I just don't see it. I, like, I don't want to be... I don't want to be dismissive of them because, like, like I don't want to be dismissive of, of any team in this tournament because any team can any team can literally do anything. Any team can literally do anything. So I don't want to be overly dismissive, but they've got talent, though. They've got the Ayus and Naki Williams, Thomas Partey, Mohamed Kudus. Maybe I've underestimated Ghana big time. This is a very tough group. This is a very, very tough group. Very tough group. They're very fallible. Like they're a fallible team. I think they had, if I was, if I'm not mistaken, Ghana have. Ghana had the most unbelievable, World Cup qualification campaign, like the most ridiculous, kind of, if if I'm not mistaken. If I can quickly just find it. Was it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So yeah, wait, please be it. Yeah, so they finished. On the same points as South Africa, same wins, same draw, same losses, same goal difference. They got through on goals scored, and then they versed Nigeria in the in the in the playoff, and they won one. They drew one all away in the first leg, and then drew nil all in the in the second leg and got through. It was the most insane qualification campaign, but I've underestimated the big time. I think that that could actually do something pretty good. But with that saying. With that saying, I've already got my I've already got my team I've already got my group already written down. I'll stick with it. I've got Portugal first, Uruguay second, South Korea third, Ghana fourth. But this is the probably one of the one of the most competitive groups heading into the tournament. Anyone could beat anyone. Anyone could do anything. So yeah, they're the groups. I'm probably gonna flash it up now. I probably would have. I haven't done this with my stream deck, but I will probably do it in post. I'll put up all the groups as I speak about them so you can visualize it. Here are all the groups. Right now, group wrap up. This is who I've got through, meaning this is the round of 16 draw. Netherlands versus the USA, Argentina versus Australia, England versus Qatar, 
Denmark versus Mexico, Spain versus Croatia, Brazil versus Uruguay, Belgium versus Germany, Portugal versus Serbia. So, I've gone with Netherlands versus the USA. Netherlands win that, in my opinion. I think they're just good. They're just going to be too good, in my opinion. Netherlands get through. Argentina beat Australia, as much as I would hate to say it. Argentina beat Australia. England beat Qatar. Denmark beat Mexico and and maintain that heartbreaking round of 16 curse from Mexico. Spain beat Croatia in what is a repeat of the round of 16 in the um, in the round of 16 of the Euros. Brazil beat Uruguay in what will be a very very tasty game. Germany beat Belgium, in my opinion. And Serbia beat Portugal. Serbia beat Portugal. Which is... Yeah, Serbia beat Portugal. Serbia break Cristiano Ronaldo's heart. Netherlands versus Argentina. This obviously leaves. Netherlands versus Argentina. Spain versus Brazil. England versus Denmark. Germany versus Portugal. Argentina beat Netherlands. Brazil beat Spain. England beat Denmark, Germany beat Portugal. Uh, Germany beat Serbia. Ger- Germany versus Serbia, not Germany versus Portugal. Germany beat Serbia. That obviously leaves Argentina versus Brazil, and England versus Germany. I mean, what a semi-finals, right? Two fucking huge rivalries. I've gone with Brazil to beat Argentina. Messi doesn't get that trophy. And I've got England to beat Germany. And in the final, potentially unpopular, and shoot me down if you think that it is unpopular. I've said it since February. England beat Brazil and win the World Cup final. This is England's time. This is England's time. It is written in the stars. The heartbreak in 2018. The heartbreak in 2020. You cannot lose a game in more heartbreaking circumstances than what they did in the Euros. The curse is it's on the precipice of breaking. And Gareth Southgate is the guy to break it. He is the guy to break it. He is the perfect coach at this time for this English national for this England national team. They've got so many players who will do everything to get through. Everything to grab that brass ring and avenge so many years of hurt. It's England's time. England will win the World Cup in 2022. Guaranteed. Put it in the bank. Go load up. England's. It's England's time. It's their time to win it. And they're going to do it. It's written in stars. It's set up beautifully. They're, they're, they're almost the anti-hero of the World Cup. Everyone apart from the English hate them. Even some of the English hate them. But they're ready to just... They're ready to break hearts. And... It's time for them to take back what's theirs. They have if football hasn't come home for a long time. I think it's going to come home in twenty twenty two. So yeah, Argentina. I mean Brazil, Germany. They're all capable winners. Spain are very worthy winners. I mean the likes of maybe I reckon the USA could could really cause a shock. But I, I've gone with England. I've gone with England. Let's so yeah. Let's move on to so that's the groups all done. 
let's go to the kind of things, right? To the like the breakout player, golden boot, golden ball, blah blah blah. Let's go on t- dark horse, Serbia. As I've said, they're the t- they're the one from the dark horses video that got through the furthest alongside Denmark, but I don't actually classify Denmark as a dark horse, so it will be Denmark through, and no, it will be Serbia as my dark horse. My bre- my my breakout player will be Cody Gakpo. Cody Gakpo will break out at the World Cup. He will be what he will be the Hammers Rodriguez of 2022. He's a player that is on the precipice of exploding into a top five European club. He's playing one. He's ha- he's having one of the best individual seasons I've ever seen at PSV, and this is the perfect platform for him to explode. The World Cup couldn't have come at a better time for for Cody Gakpo, and he's ready to he's ready to shock the world and just show just how good he is even though he's playing in an in the Eredivisie, which isn't a great league, in comparison to the top five European leagues, he will explode, and the World Cup has has come at a perfect time for Gakpo. He'll be the breakout player at, at the World Cup in 2022. Golden Boot. I've gone with Otaro Martinez. However, Alexander Mitrovic, Harry Kane. They're the two. I've gone with Martinez to be different, and to be not, oh, Harry Kane's going to score 10 million goals. I, I, I'll go I'll go with Martinez to be different. I've got Argentina going to the semis, right? So he, he should have enough time to, to, get some, to get some goals, especially in the early stages. I've gone with Otara. If he starts up front, he'll score goals. He's very crucial to the way that Argentina play. So, yeah, I'll go with Lotaro Martinez. I actually wrote down Lissandro Martinez on my goal on my run sheet, but that obviously wouldn't be, wouldn't happen. I want to go to Golden Ball, and a player that has always like a player that has always showed up for his national team is Neymar, and I think this is his time to really really show just how good he is because I feel like he's slightly underrated because he hasn't really achieved anything great. He hasn't won the Champions League. He hasn't won the World Cup. But I think if he gets it, but when he gets that World Cup Golden Ball trophy, that's when people will put his name in the record books as, yep, he was a generational talent, one of the best players in this era of football. He's extremely good, and it's his time to really show just how good he is. That's why he'll win the Golden the Golden, um, the Golden Ball. In 2014, he probably would have won it if he didn't get injured. Maybe Hammers was too was too far to catch, but if he doesn't get injured, probably Brazil will do something better against Germany, and who knows, they'll probably even win it. So, yeah, it's it's Neymar's golden boot, golden ball. Biggest underperformers, France. We already spoken about France. They don't get through the group stage, and biggest overperform, biggest overachievers, Qatar. Obviously, they're probably the team which I've got through going through going through the group, which not a lot of te- people have going through the group. So yeah, they are my World Cup. 2022 FIFA World Cup predictions. Yeah, that, that was that was intense. I kind of went through the journey. Uh, I apologize if the minute distribution of what I spoke about for what players, for what teams, isn't exactly the same. I need to speed things up. I didn't realize how much I'd speak about each, each individual group for. But yeah, some other storylines I want to speak about um, in the tournament, of course, is the, just touch on briefly, the horrendous under underestimation of a lot of Africa of a lot of Asian teams. This was brought to my attention um, via Tom Williams, who is a unbelievable 
football journalists, up-and-coming Australian football journalists, who obviously did a tweet basically saying that a lot of people underestimated um, the a lot of people underestimating the Asian the Asian the Asian countries in the in the World Cup. I hadn't had that notion prior. However, he did say he did show and did allude to the fact that Jamie Carragher had every single Asian country finishing bottom of their group, which in my mind is fucking ridiculous. Like, in my mind, the biggest one of all is Japan finishing below Costa Rica. That's fucked. But, yeah. I don't understand why Asian countries get so underrated at World Cups, but, like, Iran had a fantastic tournament last time out. Saudi Arabia have had a fantastic World Cup qualification campaign. Australia can do bits, and they will do bits. Japan are very good. South Korea are good as well. That's just something I just wanted to touch on ever so briefly. Yeah, I don't know. It's just quite bizarre um, why that's happening. I spoke about it a little bit when I spoke about some of the Asian clubs as well, but nations, Asian nations, I should say. Um, but yeah, that, that that's probably it. Am I, am I done? Do I need to speak about anything more heading into the World Cup? It's gone for an, for a, for an hour sixteen minutes, which is by far my longest podcast. Maybe, definitely my longest solo podcast. Definitely, I've done one with the Almost Blues Brothers a couple of couple of months ago, which might have ticked over one fifteen. But definitely my longest solo podcast. I've gone without a break. I haven't stopped, so I've spoken a bit. I've spoken for an hour and fifteen minutes straight, which is pretty good effort for me if I do say so myself. Um, so yeah, am I done from? Am I done for the World Cup predictions? I've done all that. So uh, some, let, let's go through some storylines, and I'm going to make these off the cuff. So, so the reason I'm doing this is because I did this for the Euros, and I actually got some of them right. Um, let's. Let, I'm just going to make some off the cuff. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with. There, th- these are just some bold predictions. There will be a match. At this World Cup. That will see, four red cards. Four red cards at a match at this World Cup. We will see. Four, yeah, four red cards. We will see. I think. We. What other what other predictions can I can I flick off the top of my head? Um. What other? Ah, uh, I can't think of any. I've uh, I've butchered it. Yeah, I've bottled it. But um, yeah, that's just something I'll say. Four red cards. The World Cup curse continues. France get knocked out at the group stage. I've noticed... Actually, no. I, I was going to say I had all African nations finishing bottom, but I actually had Senegal finishing above Ecuador. Um, Messi and Ronaldo don't meet in the final. Neither of them get that elusive World Cup trophy. And what else can I think off the top of my head? I think I, I think a team will not lose at this tournament. There'll be a team that won't lose. Which I actually think is a slightly slightly um yeah, okay. A team won't lose but they won't win the well, they won't win the tournament. Someone someone's gonna do a New Zealand in twenty ten and draw all three of their group games and not get through the group. That that's gonna happen. And if I had to pick a team if I had to pick a team, I'll go I'm gonna go with I mean, I mean, Costa Rica are bastards, aren't they? They could draw all three. I think I have to do. I have to do it with someone who I've put in third place. Otherwise, that makes no sense. I'll go with Switzerland. Switzerland will draw all three of their games and not make it out of the group, but they won't have lost. 
No, there you go. There's my they're my bold predictions for for the World Cup in Qatar. But yes, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I think that's all my that's all I need to speak about in terms of the World Cup. Hopefully, I've been able to to cut some of this down into clips for some TikToks or for some YouTube clips to kind of pump it out. Um, but yeah, that is all. That is what I want to speak about. Heady uh, for the World Cup. That is that is my preview. There are my predictions. Thank you all very much for watching. I'm not sure if I've if I've done this correctly. I don't know. There's something something's not right. But no. I'll, I'll, so yeah, I'll cut this up, um, and they'll be, they'll be out on uh, as clips on TikTok and on the YouTube channel heading into the tournament. I'll try and get up some like team specific ones or etc. etc. If I spoke about them for a long enough period, more than more than a minute and a half maybe. But um yes, thank you all very much for watching. Make sure I want to hear your predictions. Just give me. Get, uh, I, if, if you want, go through all your groups, but give me your winners, give me your final and your winners, biggest overachievers, biggest underachievers, um, overachievers, underachievers, golden boot, golden ball. Let, let me know, and, and one one storyline, one storyline, one headline that we'll head out of this 2018 World Cup, or 2022 World Cup. Um, so yes, thank you all very much for watching. I'll leave those in the comment section below. Thank you all very much for watching another episode of the Two Foot Attack Podcast, the first of the 2022 FIFA World Cup, the first of many over this month and a bit period. Make sure you subscribe to the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel. Uh, the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel. Wow, that that is muscle memory right there. The the Two Foot Attack Podcast. I'm not. If I've said the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel subconsciously throughout this podcast, fuck there you go. Two Foot Attack Podcast. Um, Yes, thank you all very much for watching another video, another podcast. Like, subscribe to the Two Foot Tackle Podcast YouTube channel, all the audio platforms, um, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Five Star Rating, Follow, all that good stuff. Make sure TikTok, Instagram, Two Foot Tackle Podcast, Twitter, Two FT Pod is where I'll be doing a lot of. I'll be doing most of my World Cup kind of watch not watch alongs but live tweeting World Cup games. So if you want to hear me chat some shit throughout the games at 6 a.m. in the morning Australian time. That's where you that's where you can go see that. But um yes, make sure you share this around and yeah, share this around. It will mean the world if if we could get as many as many people watching, as many people listening as possible. So yes, thank you all very much for watching another another podcast. See you guys this time next week where we will kick off our marathon of podcasts. One every single match day. My sleep schedule is punching me in the head, but my my love for football is hugging me right now. But yes, thank you all very much for watching. See you guys next week. Opa, we can't do this, can we? Here we go. See you guys next week. Thank you all for, very much for watching. Speak to you soon. Goodbye.